Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for all that you have done in this place already, for what you are about to do. God, we thank you in advance for the lives that are going to be touched this morning through this word and through this atmosphere of worship today. God, right now, Lord, I just pray that we open up our hearts and our mind and our ears to you, that we would just stay tuned for these next few moments to this word, for it is a word that we all need, God. And I pray that this word falls into uh, on, on, on the hearts and the ears and in the soul of people who's ready for it to take root today, God. I thank you in advance for what you are doing and what you are about to do. And it's in your name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen, amen and amen. Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2. Uh, That's where we'll be starting at today. And there is, uh, I, I was, a uh, couple weeks ago, I was uh, just reading a blog about the condition of the United States of America, about uh, not only its economic state, but the health uh, of the entire nation as a whole. And one of the things that this article was talking about is that there is a medical diagnosis that continues to grow across America. This med medical diagnosis is anhedonia. It is the inability to experience pleasure and joy from activities and events in life that are usually found enjoyable. It is a diagnosis that is growing so rapidly among people they really just cannot find joy. They do not have joy. They can't find happiness in anything. They don't know excitement. Uh, uh, the, the, the things that are supposed to bring them excitement like birthday parties and, and weddings, even those, they just, it's, it's, it's like they've grown numb, they become desensitized to that emotion of joy. It is, the, um, it is, uh, it is defined, uh, medical dictionary, as the inability to experience joy uh, from activities and events that are usually found enjoyable. The Greek translation means without pleasure. They do not know pleasure. They do not know joy. And it is no surprise to us that this condition is continuing to grow rapidly here in America. Because if you turn on the news, we are continuously, continuously hearing stories about the opioid epidemic, prescription drugs that are being used that were prescribed as painkillers, but then they are... But now now they're just being abused to get to the state of anhedonia, to get to the numbness, to get to that point where you just don't feel anything anymore, where you just feel numb and you're just going through life. And not only 
are we witnessing this epidemic, uh, this growing epidemic in the streets of America and all across small town USA, but we are also witnessing a similar epidemic in the church. Hmm. We are witnessing a similar epidemic in the church. Uh, a people, the church in which a people, uh, the, the, the devil is after their mind. A people in which have grown numb to the world around them. A people without zeal. A people that have lost passion. A people that want to download messages instantly instead of praying for them. A people that want to purchase their anointing. Anointing. Instead of being crushed and going through the process that it takes to receive the anointing. A people that cannot be happy for other people's success. A people that have simply lost their joy. And it is becoming an epidemic inside of the church for people who have simply lost the state of joy. See, your level of joy, this is important for you to realize this morning. Your level of joy, the joy that we've been singing about today, Day, your level of joy controls a lot of things in your life. When you lose your joy, you also lose focus. Your joy helps control your focus. But when you lose joy, you also begin to lose your, 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 your focus of life. You also start to lose your purpose. When, you, when your joy levels start to go down, your purpose levels start to go down. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what I was created for. All of a sudden, but whenever your joy increases, your purpose increases. Whenever you lose joy, your reflection of reality becomes skewed. Whenever you lose your joy, your reflection of reality becomes skewed. And all of a sudden, anthills become mountains whenever you get to the point of losing your joy. The littlest things will cause you to stumble. The, little, the smallest things will cause you to break down. What was just a little anthill all of a sudden turns into a mountain because of people have lost their joy. You need to understand this today. Joy is a perspective. Joy is a choice this morning. It is a perspective and it is a choice. Joy has nothing to do with the lack of sadness. Joy has nothing to do with the presence of the spectacular. Joy is defined. Listen to this definition of joy this morning. Joy is defined as the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or by the vision or the prospect of possessing what one desires. It says whenever you have a vision or a prospect to know what you desire your outcome to be, it says that is the true definition of joy. The prospect of possessing what one desires. But you asked this morning, how do I make it through this tough thing called life and keep the joy that we've been singing about this morning. You ask, how can I go through all the stages, the, the, uh, all the ups and downs, and still keep joy this morning? Well, I'm so glad that you've asked me this morning because joy is a focus long before it is a feeling. Hmm. Joy is a focus long before it is ever a feeling. Hebrews 12 and 2, get this. It says, looking unto Jesus, 
the author and finisher of our faith, who for, listen, the joy that was set before him, Jesus had to have joy set before him. And when the joy was set before him, it says he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Joy is a focus long before it is a feeling. You've been chasing a feeling, but you have no focus. You've been chasing that feeling of joy. You've been chasing that man that you thought was going to bring you the joy. You've been chasing that job that you thought was going to bring you the joy. You thought if you had three kids, you were going to have joy. <laughs> That's a headache. Let me tell you the devil is a liar you thought when you got the new car it was going to be joy you thought when you had that home it was going to be joy you thought when you got married it was going to be joy but all of a sudden we have been chasing a feeling but do not have a focus hmm. it said that Jesus had to have joy set before him joy was set before him get this Jesus had joy set before him the king of kings the lord of lords the bright and morning star the lion and the lamb guess what that man the savior of the world had to have joy set before him to remind him of his purpose he had to have joy in front of him. It was not beside him. It was not behind him. It was not in the back of his mind. But the word said it was set before him. It was set. Nothing was going to move it. Whenever you pour concrete, it is important that you let it set because whenever you let it set it, it starts to maintain the permanent posture that you have designed it to take hold of you've got to understand something joy was set permanently before the savior of the world and because joy was set before him scripture says what is the definition of joy we just said Joy is the vision that you know what the outcome is going to be. And because he knew the outcome, he was not going to allow a crucifixion to keep him from going through the process. That, that, that's what it's all about. The prospect, possessing of knowing what you desires. Because of this joy and knowing what he wanted to overcome, he endured the cross. The scripture said he went through all of the shame. How did he do? it why did he do it because he could see through the crucifixion he could see through the pain he could see faces of you and I he could see generations of people coming to him and all of a sudden while even being crucified on a cross with joy set before him it was doable and why because he knew the outcome he knew that he was going to be put in a tomb he knew that he would not stay there but what does it say he was able to keep the joy because he knew that one day he would be sitting at the right hand of the father you have got to keep focus of joy in front of you it must be set before in front of you 
See, you thought that a crucifixion season was going to be, uh, you thought it was going to be it for you. You thought this divorce was going to put you in the grave. You thought your child going wayward was going to put you in the grave. You thought you going bankrupt. You thought you losing your business. You thought you losing your home was going to be the grave. You thought this crucifixion season was it for you. No, let me tell you something, my friends. You need to look past this moment and you need to see the end that Jesus has the victory in all of this and you need to see the end of the story today and you need to get your joy back in the name of the Lord joy it was set before him write this down the number one way The number one way for you to lose your joy, it's really simple, but it's really hard not to do. The number one way for you to lose your joy, look around. Start comparing. What are they driving? Where are they going on vacation? I've not been on vacation in 10 years. How did they go every other month? All of a sudden, they're probably in debt. Let me break it to you. They're probably in debt. So just let them go and find your joy. Just keep looking toward joy. You can look in around. I don't know why they're going on vacation. How does she have that size of ring? I don't understand. I don't understand. Last week, she was a size 5. This week, she's a size 2. I don't understand. She had to have that stuff sucked right out of her. I don't understand. You know she got that tucked and this plucked and this is lifted up and this is down. I don't understand it. And all of a sudden, you are sitting here comparing yourself and before you know it, your joy has left the building. You've got to stop looking around. I don't know why. How did they get that house? I can barely rent a thing in here. Wonder what they're thinking of me. And all of a sudden, guess what? Your rubbernecking has caused you to lose joy. Hmm. Rubbernecking is one of the biggest reasons for accidents in America. What are they doing? And you start to pull the way that you are looking. And so many times when you need to be driving straight, your rubbernecking has caused a detour in your path because you need to be going with the joy that is set before you. But your rubbernecking has caused you to detour. And before you know it, you are so worried about them while you need to be focused on your joy that is set before you. The number one way to lose your joy is just look around. The number one way to keep your joy this is real theological look straight ahead just set focus on the joy that is set before you look the joy that has set before him needs to be the joy that has been set for you the word says to press toward the prize it does not say press toward your neighbor it does not say press toward your dream house it does not say press toward your dream man it says you just keep pressing toward him and all of these other things things you call joy it will fall into place for your life but you just keep pressing toward the prize of the high calling and then you shall find joy that's flowing over you like the water that we've been talking about today you can start playing for me thank you 
Earlier, I gave a list of symptoms of losing your joy. Listen to this comparison. I'm going to go over this list again. Listen to this comparison. This is why God needs a church that is full of joy. The saddest places in America are churches that have no joy. It's an oxymoron. It is crazy. How can we have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and we walk into his presence? I have nothing to offer. I don't know my purpose. And before you know it, that becomes contagious. And there's so many churches that have lost their joy. But listen, I'm going to go over this list again of of, of symptoms of losing the joy. The first one I says is, you lose focus of life. But a church that has joy focuses on the creator of life. Whenever you don't have joy or you're losing your joy, all of a sudden you lose focus of life. But do you want to know how to define a church that has joy? Listen to their songs. Listen. Listen to their words. Listen to what's being said as you walk in the door. Because a church with joy is talking and breathing the creator of life. The second thing I said was you lose your purpose. But a church with joy has clear vision and is leaking the joy and the vision wherever they go. Wow. A church that is leaking joy. That's what God is wanting. When you lose your joy, the third thing I said earlier was your reflection of reality becomes skewed. But a church with joy has clear perspective of reality. They understand the culture that is, ha- that is, that is happening around them. And they will do whatever they can to present the gospel and create atmospheres of worship that are relative to their culture and that will draw the sinner in. You want to know a church with joy? Listen to what's being preached. Listen to the worship. Because their reflection of reality is real. And they are doing everything they can to reach the lost. You thought it was crazy for screens. You thought it was crazy for lies. You thought it was crazy that I got up here and I jump on one foot. But guess what? As long as it's winning a sinner, I will continue to press the envelope. Why? Because somebody's got to show the love and joy to a city that is dying. It's worth it. The last thing I said is, ant hills become mountains. But a church with joy has the power 
and the authority and the ability to remember their vision and the way that they know the thing is going to end and they let no negative influence in the door and if a negative influence enters into the sanctuary it is swarmed by joy and negativity cannot survive around an atmosphere of joy a joyful church does not let negative people stay negative too long why because you will either you will either drive them crazy or you will drive them to the lord you just be around you just be around somebody who is angry you just get joy and you will either drive them crazy or they will want whatever you have see a church with joy they notice things like that oh no that don't belong here no no that's a spirit from the devil no 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 no. we are not allowing that here we're not allowing that little ant mountain we're not allowing that we're not allowing that little word of gossip we're not letting that little negative attitude come in here and become a mountain and all of a sudden they begin to realize these things because they know the outcome they know that the vision is to reflect the kingdom of God to every generation and every tribe they know that we are trying to reach people that churches around here can't reach they know that we're going beyond our our ways to to, to reach out beyond the walls and because they know that the joy of the Lord is their strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When I feel like giving up, the joy of the Lord is my strength. When I feel like throwing in the towel, the joy of the Lord, it is my strength. When I feel leery and weary, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when I look ahead and I see the outcome, you know me walking down streets of gold one day. When I look ahead and I see me shouting around a bunch of people who have never shouted before, but all of a sudden they start shouting because they are standing in the presence of God. When I look ahead and I look past the crucifixion and I see Jesus standing there saying, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter in. It will all be worth it, pressing through to the joy. Oh. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Church, the devil is after your joy, and he steals your joy by simply getting to your mind. <sighs> getting inside of your mind. Stop looking to the right. Stop looking to the left. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And press move gossip will not distract me negativity will not distract me when Jesus was hanging on the cross he can make it because the word said that joy was set before him it was the most painful season of his life but he was able to endure the pain because as he would lift up his brow and look through the crowd as he was hanging his head before he said it is finished he could open up his eyes and just see the outcome which was generations of people kneeling at the cross and it was worth it it was worth it do you want your joy today do you want joy today are you tired of just a feeling 
but you want it to be your focus. If you want joy today, Jesus may be inside of you, but it's time that you get inside of him. See, when he gets inside of you, it brings salvation. But when you get inside of him, you start to see things through his eyes. Your heart starts to beat with the synchronization of his. Your compassion level starts to grow. You start to see everybody as a perspective. You don't look at them as trash. You don't look at them as a nobody. No, you look at people as a harvest. Why? Because no longer is he just inside of you, but you have stepped inside of him. And when you step inside of him, you start living like he is living. You start seeing through his eyes. You start breathing through his nostrils. You start hearing different sounds that you've never heard before. And before you know it, you will receive the joy of the Lord. Why? Because he is your salvation. See, when he gets inside of you, he brings salvation. But when you get inside of him, you start thinking kingdom. Guess what? In order to get inside of him, you have to get submerged in Jesus Christ. And whenever you stop playing with the water, whenever you stop getting ankle deep, whenever you're not satisfied any longer with knee deep, whenever being waist deep, halfway in and halfway out, starts getting on your nerves, and you decide to jump all the way in to the river of God, you will find a joy that no drug will be able to give to you. No size, I don't care what carrot your ring is, one day it will tarnish. One day, one day, it will not bring you love that, 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 that whenever you looked at it, you got all giddy and you're posing on Facebook, you got your Instagram and you think you're cute, but joy is temporary. That joy right there is temporary because it's just happiness, but joy is only found in the Lord today. And whenever you decide halfway, I'm sick and tired of being halfway, but I'm ready to submerge myself in the presence of God. When you get to that point and you renew your mind, see the last thing that submerges is the head. The last thing that submerges is the mind because the devil is trying to keep you on top of the water because if he can ever get into your mind, guess what? There will be a bunch of depressed, saved Christians. It sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Guess what? You may be depressed today. You may not know him. You may walk around in pity and shame but I've got good news for you today there the joy of the Lord is your salvation today guess what I believe in mental illness it is real but guess what the devil wants to magnify that the devil wants to magnify that he wants to stretch him the devil wants to tell you things that are not real he wants to lie to you and tell you that you'll never make it he wants to lie to you and tell you you're not worth it I bring the good news to you today Jesus Christ died for you and if he died for you and you're still breathing you've still got a purpose today and you can still get your joy back from the devil the devil is a liar we've been singing there's joy in your waters what does that mean when you get fully in you're going to know what joy looks like you're going to know what joy feels like I believe today that somebody's getting their joy back. Somebody's going all the way in. See, it's a celebration today.
those that are getting baptized, you can start making your way. We're going to baptize 16 people today. Come on, put your hands together. And listen, listen to me. When I get up there and I say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The word says, go into all the nations, preaching the gospel, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When I say that, if I look out here and you are doing this, I'm going to pull you in the water with me. Okay? Listen, I've already seen some of you on Facebook, you're talking about college football, you're like road tide, all that nasty stuff. Vomit. Good old rocky top. Yeah, it's been rocky for many years for you, okay? But listen, if Nick Saban walked in here, even the Georgia fans would be like, Nick, we need you, bro. Come on. But guess what? That's what these little things are for today. Because we're going to make some noise. Because every time somebody goes under the water, somebody's finding Jesus. Somebody's getting joy. We're going to raise it up in there. Because every time we raise it up, the devil thinks, oh, no. There's another fighter. Oh, no, there's another warrior that's being birthed at Legacy Church. Oh, no, there's another prayer warrior. Oh, no, there's another mind that I cannot influence. Every time we let out a shout, demons are going to start to tremble. Every time we let out a shout, the devil's going to get mad and tuck himself into a corner of hell and realize I am losing my authority. So today, every time I put somebody in the water, somebody better make some noise like Jesus Christ is alive and he is well. So do me a favor. Just go ahead and get it out right now. It's under your seat. Just get it out for me. Let's just practice, shall we? Let's just practice, shall we? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you, you are baptized. That's what we're going to do. Listen, listen to this. Somebody's getting their joy back. I'm tired of depressed church. I am tired of depressed church. I am tired of the devil telling the saints of God, you are depressed. I am sick and I am tired of it. And I am ready to defeat the devil today. Church, God is looking for us to go all in and know that the joy of the Lord is our salvation. Scripture says, Psalm 24, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Lift up your head, generation of depressed saints, lift up your head, and when you lift up your head out of depression, 
when you lift up your head and stop looking at everybody else but you focus on me he says then I will come in it doesn't say I might come in I may come in if it's a good day no but he says whenever you lift up your head O ye gates the king of glory will come in so today I'm telling this church we're not walking around like this anymore you may be in a season of crucifixion but keep joy set before you today and lift up your head O ye legacy church and the king of glory shall come in come on they're going to sing some for us this morning